Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. You did have few options you could go with. Like what? I did have a few. You had few options. Oh. Yeah. No, there were no, not I, a oh. few. There were just few. Few yeah. options. Very little yeah. options available. Yeah. yeah. How's it going? I'm here. Yes, you are. Yep. Okay, I mean, there's so much happening. So much. Okay, so... We're gonna have a longer small talk this time because yeah. Mika and I have a lot of lot of lot <laughs> of things to so say. So much to talk about. So much to talk about. I'm keeping it in. Yeah, I know. It's just been a very busy. We've recorded every week. It's just been an active week. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about first. Yes. The strike. Oh my gosh! Not only the writer strike, Nadim. Now it's the actor, actor strike, strike, which means Hollywood is effectively shut down. Yep. More than it was with the writer strike. Now there's no. There's no production, there's no promotion, there's no development, there's, there's nothing. nothing. I was speaking to a producer yesterday who said, yeah, technically the other, you could do other things, but just in terms of solidarity, no one's going to be doing anything now. I saw TikToks where it was like telling people, go do your indie films now, because yeah. you're allowed to do those. Like yeah. the SAG after I won't come after they you. They won't come after that. If yeah. you do that. So if you want to make an indie film, now's the time. Now's apparently. the time. Yeah. But... Yeah, and now I read an article from Variety about what's going to happen with the festivals now. Oh yeah, <gasps> TIFF. TIFF is in September, and this is—they're—they're they're saying this is going to go on for a while. So the Oppenheimer crew—they all did their red carpet last night, and then, and then walked they out. left. Yeah. So is that what TIFF is going to be? <laughs> oh no! But the strike happened while they were on the oh, red carpet, perfect. so they were not plan. That wasn't planned. Oh, I thought they. That wasn't oh. planned. They got up and left. Because it was announced there's a strike, strike, so they're like, all right, we're on strike now. So they got up and left. I'm proud of them. Good for them. Yeah. But it's also, that's a that's their job. Yeah. So that's a part of strike. They're not just sitting down to watch a movie. They were promoting their film. Yeah. So, so we're going to see. This is going to have big repercussions for what we do mm. here. Because oh. uh, I think anything that's been scheduled can release, but nothing's going to be scheduled. Everything slowed down. There's going to be a there's going to be a lull. I think at some point and they're we'll, probably going to push things. I think Dune will probably be pushed. No, you don't. I don't think so. I think they. Might. I think movies, big movies, anchor movies like that, will not be pushed. I think oh. smaller movies will. I think festival movies are the ones that are in jeopardy. Yeah, because they're the ones who need that publicity. Dune doesn't need the publicity. Dune can release without any publicity, okay. kind of thing, right? It's not like they're pushing. I mean, it's too too late for Barbie and Oppenheimer, so that's why they're not pushing that. Yeah. But I think something like I mean, I could be wrong to be quite honest, but I don't think they're going to push it, mm. especially because it's a big anchor film. Yeah, and all the big anchor Oscar films, like moving into our next segment. Ooh la la! Ethan, I watched a shitload of trailers. We watched a bunch of them. <laughs> a bunch of them. Yeah. So we watched two Oscar winners. Yeah. And then we watched two Bollywoods. So we could start with the Oscar ones because we were at okay, Oscars. Start with the Oscars. Okay, Let's so Mitha, there was Napoleon. Yes. And there was the trailer for The Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. 
Thoughts? I'm so excited for Killers of the Flower Moon. Really? I'm very intrigued by okay. this. This looks so good. I was So I saw it while I was in a movie theater. So it was on mm-hmm. a huge screen. Oh. And then my father was beside me. And he w- turned to me and goes, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if my dad's interested yeah. <laughs> in movie, there's something going on here. And then I said, it's Killers of the Flower Moon. He said, who of the flower? Yeah. And then I had to explain it again. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I told him it's Martin Scorsese. And then he shut up and watched the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but there i'm i'm very intrigued this looks good i wasn't sure what to expect mm-hmm. there's murder which is always fun always fun there's law which yeah. is always great yeah. there's leo and bobby like i'm i'm gearing and up jesse and matt is matt in this is matt no no you're thinking jesse is matt yes i'm yeah. thinking jesse is matt. Yes. but there's um, a very good cast yes yeah Strong. Strong cast. Strong cast. Strong director. Yeah. I'm hoping, like, Marty's, like, gearing up for... Yeah, he's back from the Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, like, a win I can stand behind with Leo, because I don't love... The Revenant? Revenant. Yeah, I know. I feel like Leo's going to get a nomination. Yeah. The actress, I don't know her name. She'll She'll probably get a nomination. She'll get a nomination. She looks great in this. I will say, I liked the teaser that came out earlier mm-hmm. rather than this trailer i mean the teaser is always more enjoyable. it is always more enjoyable i'll yeah. say that because it's it's there's it's, less its, to expect and that's its job yeah it's, it's tease it's teasing strip teasing um what? but I, but <laughs> i will say that i'm excited for it too like i don't think unless the trailer was bad which it's not did it i think the trailer i hate the thing they do with trailers which they did in Napoleon as well, is you have like rock music to like period pieces they've or like rap music or whatever like they were trying to modernize something that could be very stale or whatever. And I'm like, we've seen this. And it's they've been doing it for so long. Like, mm-hmm. let's start something. Different. I still enjoy it. I, I'm i the person that they're trying to attract. And they're attracting and then, Yeah. But definitely moving to the top, very high on the list of must-sees. Yeah. And must-see in a theater. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Napoleon. Okay. Uh, so, Napoleon stars one Joaquin Phoenix. One Joachim Phoenix, yeah. Who... I don't know if you know this. I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> no. I'm very intrigued, though. There's yeah. something exciting about this. I love that he is not putting on a French accent. No. Thank the Lord. Yeah. And there, the trailer does a good job at, like, creating that excitement. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, a movie I'm going to love because it's about war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm not 100% sold, but I'm like, okay, I might watch this. And also Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. She looks very compelling. I will say that the trailer is actually quite good. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. He looks very good. Yeah. I'll say the thing that I'm least interested about and the thing that maybe detracts me a little is Ridley Scott. But we know he can do He can do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll I really, think about I find, The Last Duel. You I know. enjoyed that I so I really much. enjoyed The Last Duel. That, But that I feel... I don't know. Ridley Scott is not a director. They're like hyping him up. Like the acclaimed director of and I'm like, these are all three star movies. One after the other that but you have But they named. won Oscars. Yeah. So, you, you I don't know. know. We'll see. I'm not... I, I, the trailer was good. I don't think it's going to go in the way of like House of Gucci. I think maybe no. it'll lean more towards like a gladiator, which... I think it'll yeah. lean more towards a gladiator than a House of Gucci for sure. Yeah. But it also won't be Aliens. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Aliens? No. Or Alien. Because Alien and then Aliens. I made that mistake. Oh, so he directed Alien. Did he direct both? I don't know. Either one. The first one in that (laughs) series is exceptional. Fincher did the third. Third. Yeah. Which is Middlebrow. Yeah. I haven't seen that either. 
First one. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Bollywood. Bollywood. Yeah. Then we saw Javan. Yes. Starring a small actor uh-huh. named Shah Rukh Khan. An indie film. An indie actor. film. Um, you might not have heard of him before. Okay, can I say something? Yeah. At first I was like, is this not just Patan? And then I saw, oh, wait. It's he's... not Patan. Yeah. Can I say it? Yeah, he's the he's villain. He's the villain. Yeah. He's never been the villain. He's always the villain. He was the villain. That's how he started That's his like career. He's in the longest time. In the longest time. Not Shah Rukh Khan. Not since Dar and Bazigar. Yeah. yeah. But Shah Rukh Khan is the villain is like, it's a mood. Yeah. Because he does it so well. He It's very enticing. He's very good. And I'm just like happy for him. So uh, you watched the romantics on yeah, yeah, Netflix. Yeah. And he spoke in his interview how he wanted to be an action star. and But they kept putting him in these romance, romance films. <laughs> and I'm just happy that he's gone to a point where he gets to be the action star he always wanted to be. But also, the I love that he's like 55. Mm-hmm. And he is... This movie looks so good. It just looks so like... The action sequences look really good. Look, look better real, than Patan. Look better than Patan. Shah Rukh Khan as a villain is great. Like it was, it does exactly what a teaser should. It mm-hmm. totally teased you, and you're like, "All right, I'm I'll in line. It. I will watch this. I'll go." To I'm the- totally. If Shah Rukh Khan, Shah Rukh Khan has three movies coming out this year. This oh. is number two. The first one was Patan. I then, saw it. Yes, you saw it. It was <laughs> gangbuster business. Yeah. Shah Rukh Khan might single-handedly save the Indian film industry with his I mean, films. if anyone could. If anyone could, it's, it's Shah Rukh Khan. But this is coming out in September, and I am jazzed with a capital J. What if, with all this, like, business with SAG and the Writers Guild, Bollywood just gets Bollywood this. Bollywood overtakes yeah. everybody. Yeah. And we finally dominate. We are not the minority. We are not the minority. We are yeah. not. I don't know why we keep on being called one. But yeah, Patan, and, uh, Patan was great. I'm looking forward to Javan. Yeah. And then we saw a song for our weekly Rocky or Rani update <laughs> called What Tumka. What Tumka. What Tumka. Sorry. What Tumka. Sorry, I'm mixing it up with another song called yeah. Show Me Your Tumka. No, this is What Tumka. What Tumka. Thoughts. I really enjoy it. It's a bop. It's a bop, right? And I think I love, like I said, I really like how they're doing the marketing for this. Mm -hmm. They released a trailer like five to six weeks before and then every week one new thing. It keeps your momentum going the right amount. It's releasing in two weeks today. And like, it's the right amount of hype. It doesn't feel oversaturated. You're not bored of it. They haven't released everything. Yeah. It's perfect. And I'm tickets out yet? Not yet. They won't be until next week, unfortunately. Well, we'll buy them. Oh my God, we're going. Um, Yeah. I'm coming. I'm going Friday night. We're okay. going Friday night. Just okay. letting you know. I'm off that day. So. But yeah, I'm right. I'm like right here for it. Next week we'll probably have a new Rocky Running update there for you. Go. But next week we will also have some movie reviews outside oh. of our movie review because this episode is releasing on July nineteenth. Yes. And two days later, Barbenheimer is happening. Yeah. It's going to be massive. Massive landmark. Or, Are you going to get her done? I'm, we're going to go to Barbie on Friday. I okay. don't know when I'll be able to see Oppenheimer, but I'm going to. And I want to see it. I, You're going to do IMAX? I'm, the, when you said, I think, I'm like, there's no question here. You have to see it in no, IMAX. My only concern with seeing it in IMAX, and I'll tell you after. You tell me. <laughs> my only concern is the seats in the IMAX theater are not as comfortable. It doesn't matter. You have to see it in IMAX. That's three how hours of my butt I know, in that seat. But that's how it's designed. <laughs> yeah. It's just, he's, he's the only... He shot the entire thing on an IMAX yeah, camera. Yeah, that's true. Most of the movies we watch on IMAX are not even shot on IMAX cameras. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the few films that can be... That can justify that price and that experience. Yes, it is three hours in an IMAX chair. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But Barbenheimer, that's going to be huge. It's huge. I think AMC is saying that 
22,000 tickets have been sold to the double screening. Oh. People going to the, apparently in the States, you can get a, a dual ticket. ticket. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. I yeah. wish I had I would have told, yeah. If there was like a drop my kids off at daycare and the, like 10 o'clock start Stars the first and movie. Strollers. Yeah. <laughs> like go see one, have lunch, and then go see the next one. Yeah. I would totally be down for that, mm-hmm. but not happening here. Now you got to plan it like some chump. Speaking of movie reviews, oh, and we're not out. We're not out of this because Mitha and I watched one movie each, and Mitha watched another one on top of that. Mitha, yeah, we both saw Joyride. We did. Thoughts? I really, I had a joy. Yeah, with Joyride. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I I said to you that so Joyride to me is what I wanted from No Hard Feelings. Yes. Yeah, it was a raunchy yeah. R-rated comedy. Yeah. With. Asians and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I told you in our our chat, <laughs> diversity matters, but yeah. I meant representation. Yeah. <laughs> representation does matter. Yeah. This I I'm not. Um, so this starts East Asian, East Asian, so East Asian, East, yeah, East yeah. Asians. Um, we are South, South Asians, Asians yes. <laughs> Which I went to high school and like my group of friends yes. involved the people of the same ethnicity, so I understood and yeah. like could get some of the cultural jokes yeah. that were happening. And it was just like so nice and enjoyable. I laughed out loud a ton of yeah. times. It wasn't a packed theater for no. me. It was maybe like five or six other people, but and I was the only one laughing. But I also didn't care. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, no, this is funny. Yeah. This is good. This is what I want from like a summer fun comedy. Yeah. So I was really happy with it. I, I same thing. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. A few scenes I laughed out, laughed out loud, and I thought there is in the beginning she's playing racquetball with her boss yeah. with Jonah, and. She comes out and she's like, Bill, Mark, Mike, yeah. Kevin, like, like, <laughs> like all, all the white guy names. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Like, it's so true. It's so true. There's a couple of things that were like really just walking that line of like making fun of white people without being racist. Yeah. And like also making fun of their own culture, fine. But like. But for how long have they been making fun of our yeah. culture, right? But it wasn't. So like, that joke was like hilarious and not racist. Yeah. And that's. It, it had a lot of that. It was enjoyable. I did wish the ending was less cheesy. Uh, I wanted something a little bit like, I think that's what it would have elevated it because I think it ends kind of poorly. I think Mm -hmm. the third act is kind of poor and all of that. But honestly, it's the same thing with No Hard Feelings. I did like this more though. Yeah. Like I will watch this at home. I'll I'll put it on. I'll put it on. It'll be easy one night when I'm sick or whatever. It'll go on and it'll be fine. There you go. And then finally, before we get to our main event. Yes. You saw? I saw Mission Impossible 7. Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yes. What a ride. Really? Yes. This movie has taken three years to be made and come out. Okay, okay. It's gone through everything. Tom Cruise is fighting so hard to get this in theaters. And I get it. I get why he's fighting. It's it's the Top Gun 2 effect of just like there's so much passion into what he does. And it's so, it's so... It's not realistic, okay? <laughs> I know, like, Mission Impossible in itself is not realistic, but watching it, it is so believable. Oh, it's yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, All yeah. the action sequences are, like, amazing mm-hmm. to watch. There was, like, a bit of huff-huff a few years ago when I was found out Tom Cruise yelled at some PAs. Yes, on the set. On the set because they weren't socially distancing. I don't go yell I get at them. It. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah. That I understood then, too. Yeah. For what I just saw, him yelling at them is worth it. Yeah. Like, it was it just very entertaining and a part of the whole Mission Impossible universe. And, like, it just, it worked. Is everywhere. this the one where he broke his ankle? No, no, no. That was Fallout. Okay. Fallout, he broke his ankle and they had to stop production for a few months. This one, they stopped production a few times because they were filming in Italy. Drink. During COVID. During COVID. And or pre-COVID, sorry. 
pre they started pre-COVID, but then COVID occurred, so they had to stop a bit. Tom Cruise purchased a um cruise boat, like a yeah. like a Royal Caribbean cruise yeah. boat for people to isolate on. Like he's put so much of his own money yeah. into it, and like I just I want him to do well. I know it doesn't make sense because I don't agree with him. Like as a person, as a person, yeah. but I agree with him as a movie a star. producer. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Producer, yeah. Before we move on, rank them seven to one. The Mission Impossible. All the Mission Impossibles. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, top for me is Fallout. I really do okay. like Fallout. That's the one with Henry Cavill. Okay. Okay. Then. I'm going to go with one. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go with seven part one. I really okay. liked this one. Then I'm going to do ghost protocol, which okay. is four. Okay. Then I'm going to do three. Then I'm going to do, I have, what do I have left? I have two and Rogue Nation. So then Rogue Nation and then, and two. then two. Two is the, the John Woo one is terrible. It's really bad. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Sandy Newton doesn't work. Like, it's just... None of it, yeah. It's not... The, the opening scene for two is pretty cool. Yeah. It's him on that, like, big mountain and his yes, arms. Yes, and yes. it's like, those are Tom Cruise's arms. Yeah. But, yeah. That's it. Yeah. We wait a year for number two? A whole year. Wow. A whole year. It's like, you won't have any movies to watch in that We finished time. the movie. My dad turned to me. He goes, okay, one more year. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, that was this week's update. Yeah. Next week will be more updates and different things. Barbenheimer. Because we're right in the middle. Now is when movie season really picks up. Yeah. Like I'm the, excited. The summer, the summer to January. It's like, it's movies all the time and I love it. Yeah. Speaking of movies all the time. Uh-huh. What did we watch this week? So this week we watched the 1987 Academy Award Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. The Last Emperor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here is a quick IMDb disco of The Last Emperor. Bernardo Bertolucci's Oscar-winning dramatization of the life of China's last emperor, Puyi. That's it. A true story. A true story. Based on a true story. Based on a true story. Nadim. Yes. What were your thoughts <laughs> on The Last Emperor? Okay, I knew nothing about yeah. The Last Emperor. Mm-hmm. Like, and the nothing. true story? And the true story. Okay. I knew nothing about Same. Puyi. I knew nothing about The Last Emperor. I have seen other movies by Bernardo Bertolucci. Okay. So I know him as a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. which is why some of the stuff in this wasn't surprising, even though it was surprising. Okay. But I knew nothing. I will say I liked the first hour of this, and then my interest really waned. Yeah. I really was interested in him as a child. That is the most compelling. Most compelling. Even him in the the jail, the political jail, is interesting. Woven with him as a child growing up, but. After about an hour of it, I would say when Peter O'Toole shows up, it falls apart for me. Yeah. It really is. And it's not just, it's not Peter O'Toole's fault. That's just the timing of it. Mm-hmm. When he shows up, things start, it starts to get more political. It starts, he starts to turn into an ass. Like it's just, it just loses its energy. So I was real that first hour, I was just like, oh, I'm like here. There's a baby? There's, there's a baby? <laughs> and there's an eight-year-old breastfeeding? Like let's, yeah. there was like some weird shit. And I was like here for all of it. The cinematography, this, all of it, I was there for it. And then it, it just, starts to... Yeah. Yeah. And it was so hard to focus to on... A, it was really... You could graph a, a mountain. It's yeah. like up and you're like, wow, this is great. And then you get Peter O'Toole. And it's like, it's really just downhill yeah. from there. And it's not so much the movie's fault as much as... 
I think it's the the story story itself. itself. Yeah. Yeah. His life. Like, I think the idea of having a child emperor being the last one being abolished to the Forbidden City. Yeah. Which now has a Starbucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that is really intriguing. And like seeing this little baby in the emperor clothes on this big chair, it's like... I hate to say it, it's cute. It's cute, but there's some incredible visuals too. Yes. Like when he has his coronation and he like leaves the palace yeah. and you see the coronation and he's just like some four-year-old just like walking around. It's it's insane. It's yeah. really quite something. But it just can't maintain that level no, of energy. His life is not that, ex- like, in, I feel terrible saying it, but his life isn't that interesting in the middle yeah. for us to have an entire film about his, his yeah. life. Like I think... Focusing on that idea of like a baby emperor and then also being imprisoned is really intriguing. But that middle section, I just, I fell off and I couldn't follow what was happening and I lost interest. Because the politics get so heavy too Mm -hmm. and like... China and Japan and Manchuria and then Russia and like especially when you started with such levity of like baby emperor. Yeah. Yeah. Levity but also like, I don't know, this may make us sound dumb. But I do find movies about war and politics overall <laughs> just become so, like, you have Heavy. to pay attention in such a different way. Mm-hmm. And I just... I wasn't interested. I just wasn't interested. Yeah. The, again, that first hour is so good. Yeah. I really, really liked it. And I was like, oh, this is really about to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And then Peter O'Toole shows up, ends up being a white savior, first of all. Yeah. So that's in and of itself problematic. And then it just, it loses momentum. And like, yes, he gets married, which is interesting. And he has his consort and they have a threesome. And like, there's <laughs> there's examples of like interesting things throughout. But, you know, I thought, so I, I thought when he gets abolished from the Forbidden City, it would get more interesting. Yeah. It got less interesting because now he's just some man, delusional he, yeah. emperor, like, living out. And it doesn't even play into that properly. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't... He ends up being someone who thinks he's royalty and ends up being, like, a puppet to, like, Russia and Japan and all of that. And still, just not interesting. Nothing There's just something about yeah. it. But part of me wondered if it was the acting. Because it's not great. I think... Part of it is the language. Yes. As yeah. a result of, I think, the acting via the, the language, yeah. right? Because, because they, this movie is in English. Yeah, entirely. Just like Gandhi was, though. Yes. But the the actors in this are Asian. Yes. Um, and I don't think English was necessarily their first language. So it's hard to... It sounds terrible, but it's hard to connect with that yeah. when they're... Like, I don't know if... It's like when you see Priyanka Chopra in an American movie. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work because she's, you know, in her brain, she's thinking it in Hindi and then yeah. saying it in English. So maybe it's the same thing here where they're thinking it in Mandarin or Cantonese yeah. and they're saying it in English. So there's a disconnect there. And like watching, I was like, this probably would have been better if I had subtitles. Like if I could hear Absolutely. the actual yeah. language. I feel like it would be a more interesting film, film. if it was in Mandarin or Chinese or yeah. Cantonese. Yeah. There's a real disconnect there, yeah. and it, it's hard to follow. And it's also almost three hours. It's two hours long. and forty minutes. It's yeah. very long. Yeah, I do find that the language thing was big because you could tell. Aside from the the way they were being delivered, you could tell the dialogue was also written in a way that it could be delivered. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't well written. Yeah, and you could tell that like something is off uh, here. Something's yeah. not working. Something's not working. Who wrote this? 
I don't think Ooh, actually. Did he write it himself? He's Italian. I mean, he's an Italian directing an all English movie about Chinese emperor. Which is I guess what you know, Gandhi was too. As a British man. Directing an all English cast but it was an all an English language movie with an all Indian cast. Except for his lead. Okay, I remember reading this. It was so he is a Bernardo did he's credited for screenplay. Okay. Enzo Ungari is initial screenplay collaboration. Mark Peplo, who is white, okay. and then there is an autobiography oh. by Puni Puyi, who's a part of that. Yeah. So yes, it There's does something lost in something translation. Something is so definitely lost in translation, but this did win an Academy Award for writing. It won nine. It was a sweep. Which, I get. I understand it on paper. Like, this movie presents well. Like, it, visually, it is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's foreign in some way, so there's, like, that intrigue there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say performances are really great, because I don't think so. I no. think they're just so hum. But this, like, this presents itself as an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it, though, it no way do I feel like this is Oscar-winning movie. But... Like, my emotional tie to it. Your emotional tie to it, fine. I can see, yes, okay, fine. Like, cinematography, great. Well, the cinematography that sets the costumes, without a doubt. Like, there's no no conversation there. They were spectacular. I don't agree with editing. Really? I find it really choppy, because it goes back and forth. It does. A lot, and I had a hard time following along. And I don't think that, I think it could have been a lot smoother. Okay. And, like... I think a narration, the narr- narration could have helped because I did not know what was going on a lot of the time. So let's talk about the other nominated films. Okay. Because interesting year. It's a really weird year. So it's we have yeah. The Last Emperor. Uh-huh. We have something called Hope and Glory. I did not watch that. Which, no, I've never seen this. We have something called Fatal Attraction. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be ignored, Dan. Dan. We have another something called Moonstruck. Yeah. And then we have something called Broadcast News. Yeah. I have seen now three. I haven't seen Broadcast News and I haven't seen Hope and Glory, but you saw Broadcast News. And I've seen Moonstruck and I've seen Fatal Attraction. Yes, same. What are your thoughts on Broadcast News? Broadcast News is a good movie. Yeah. It's a lot, it's lighter fare though. And it's not something I would say Oscar winning movie. Okay. Yeah. I was a little surprised to see this Moonstruck and Moonstruck and Fatal Attraction and Fatal Attraction nominated for Best Picture. Something went weird in '87, but I will say that it makes complete sense why The Last Emperor won would it. win amongst these yeah. because when I looked at them, I was like, yeah. "This is the most like Oscar winner movie." Yeah. It's just not a great movie, and I will say, broadcast news: Fatal Attraction, better movies. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I haven't seen Broadcast News. I have a soft spot for Fatal Attraction. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say soft Fatal Attraction is a better movie, though. Then, oh, really? I think The Last Emperor for me is interesting because I think on so many levels it's great. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it lands the plane for me, personally. But it is technically marvelous. I think the screen... I 
I think, like we said at the beginning, I don't actually think it's the movie's fault. I just don't think the subject matter was as interesting as it was. I think that's the other thing is that it starts off very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it just turns into a regular movie about, like, being dethroned and blah, blah, blah. And it turns into politics and it loses that, like, really interesting texture about an ancient emperor, child emperor, which is, I thought, what the entire movie was going to be about. So... I think there are things innate to the story that make it disappointing. I don't think the movie itself is doing that bad. I actually think it's quite well directed. I And I think the language barrier was big. Yeah. I think Last Emperor falls into line of being a film yeah. versus those other three that we mentioned being movies. Yeah. So then the question begs, do, does the best film get mm-hmm. the win or does a movie get the win? And there is a difference. You have to remember at the time Fatal Attraction was... Also groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, but now it's also, it's universal. Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Yeah, it's timely. Yeah. It's still very, like, relevant. It's still interesting. It's all of those things. And it's things that, like, if I say Fatal Attraction, someone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. When I say The Last Emperor. No, we didn't know what we were talking about. And same thing with Moonstruck. Like, we did watch it for this podcast, so you can listen in season one. Yeah. But, um... We didn't think it was that great. No. <laughs> no. I thought I it was an okay. It's and like a fine movie, but I didn't think it was what people were saying it was at that time. No. And I don't understand why people were really in love with Moonstruck. Like, I don't think it I was. just met someone the other day who said Moonstruck was their favorite movie. And I'm not... Did they say why? <laughs> I think it's endearing to people. Yeah. I get, I get that. I get Moonstruck. I don't like like it that I way. I get it, but I I'm get not it. like in love I, with But it. I don't align with that. It's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I get this for you, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. But they were very light movies. And yeah. Broadcast News from... Broadcast Watcher, News is very light. Yeah. It's James L. Brooks. Yeah, so it's, it's that same terms of endearment tone. Yeah, there's yeah. more... Um, not as like... Well, actually, yeah, same tone. More comedy than anything like uh, drama. Drama, wise. Yeah. which is interesting. More comedy and more situational idea of like these people who work in broadcast news <laughs> i don't know if you if you knew if it's about people who work in broadcast news i don't know if you knew what it wild was. yeah crazy, crazy. <laughs> but yeah that's a very but it is an eclectic year it's a you, yeah. you gotta give it for being well-rounded as this a year it's also this year i have never seen it but it's the year of full metal jacket oh i did not i'm pretty sure let me double check before i say that out loud on a podcast yeah, it's the same year as Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen it? I have not seen the Full Metal Jacket. And so from what I understand, yeah. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. well, one, it's a Kubrick film. Kubrick so film. like, there you go. Two, I've heard it's quite good. Yes, I have, heard, but it's also... <laughs> a warm film. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of war movies. People like war movies. Why do people like them? I don't know, because I don't. <laughs> I don't love them. We need to do some man-on-the-street interviews. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you like war films? Do, but... People do. Yeah. People really do like the war films. but And The Last Emperor is kind of part war film. Like war strategy. Yeah. yeah. Rather than being war on uh, the ground. Combative. Yeah. yeah. Combative. It is about strategy. But a strategy that I don't care to know. Like I don't. Yeah, sure. That's fair. I'm. Yeah. I didn't know these things about China. Yeah. And like how these situations yeah. occurred but the movie doesn't do enough for me to want to know about these things like this one doesn't really have very high stakes in terms of what's going on that's I, interesting i don't feel an emotional connection to pu either 
it. It's not Puyi. Puyi, sorry. Yeah. I don't feel an emotional connection to Puyi. Yeah. So I'm not driven to find out like what's going to happen next. Yeah, that and that's fair. Like it doesn't make me want to kind of go back and be like, oh, what was this about? But part of me is really wondering, is that the, is that because the performances are so bland? Mm. They're so soft. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's not three-dimensional. It's not three-dimensional, but the characters are interesting. And is that just because, like, there's something in the language? Is that because it's someone Italian directing, like, do you know what I mean? The amount of language barriers that had to happen there yeah. resulted in... I, I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm like, landing on right now, especially as, as we're kind of conversing, is that it felt there, a lack of hum, humanity in it. Yeah. Do you, have you ever heard the Denzel quote, it's not about color, it's about culture? No. Oh. Denzel so said this? Denzel said. Wow. Um, because I can't remember what he was promoting, but it was a film about black people and it was directed by a black person. And the interviewer asked him, like, what if so-and-so could have directed this or something? And he said, it's not about color, it's about culture. Yeah. Like, he's like, Martin Scorsese could have directed this, but he also directed Goodfellas. And also he was wrong because Martin Scorsese is not Italian, but he understands, he maybe grew up around that culture. And so he understands it a little bit more, but you know, there is something to say about somebody representing their own culture. They understand small little nuances that an Italian director might not understand about Chinese culture. And I think it's really important to have that, especially like what we just watched Joyride, which was directed by an Asian Asian woman. woman. Yeah. And it proves to be what it is. Like, it makes sense. It works. I watched, what was it called? It's the Pakistani girl who, like, wants to be um, a stunt devil. Like a, a, oh, what's it called? What's it called? Yeah. I'm forgetting. It was quite enjoyable. And I think a large part of that is because it was written and directed by a South Americans. Asian person. Polite society. Yeah. Polite society. Yeah. Yeah. And that movie works. It's fun because yeah. me as a South Asian person sees it and you it's like, it. I recognize yeah. myself in there. I yeah. can see it in there. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I'm not a Ch- Chinese, so yeah. I wouldn't know, but I also do feel like there is a big disconnect in this. Yeah. Yeah. Culture guys. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> it is important. Yeah. And, but okay, let's talk about this in the eighties though, because you and <laughs> oh, I yeah. have shot on the eighties quite a bit. <laughs> But when you really look at the 80s holistically, mm-hmm. there were two movies in the 80s that were culturally diverse. Very culturally diverse, yes. actually. Can we shit on them the same way? Because there is some... I there think is there's also, something there. Like, there's the effort. Yeah. But it's not the greatest effort. Actually, Gandhi is not terrible. No, Gandhi. We give Gandhi, Gandhi four stars each. Gandhi works. But I also think there is an element... Like, it was... Directed by a British person who is aware of Indian culture just because of colonization. Yeah. So There's, there is something yeah. there where they, they might not they may yeah. not understand the nuances of it, but they have seen it yeah. and they can like recognize it. I don't know if the Italians have ever have the same connection to this to, story. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's fair. Gandhi works, and so for that one, I say go ahead. But forget forget the movies themselves. Yeah. The fact that they were rewarded. Gandhi and the Last Emperor. That's very nice. Thank you, 1980s. <laughs> Thank you. Really trying something, something because the 90s we don't see that at all. The 2000s we don't see that at all. 
Like, fine, we have a Slumdog Millionaire here. You have... I didn't win, but Crouching Tiger, Hidden Was Dragon. nominated, yeah. Yeah. But you don't really have this kind of, like, large-scale winning, because this until, was a sweep. Until Parasite. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess well, until Slumdog. Slumdog, yeah. But do we count Slumdog? I mean, Slumdog fits exactly into the same place Gandhi does. Yeah. It's a white man, white British man, directing an Indian cast speaking in English largely. <laughs> At least Slumdog has some Hindi, like, sprinkled throughout, but it is largely, that is that. Yeah. And it was a giant crowd pleaser. The same way Gandhi was. Yeah. I, I think, though, that, like, when you have things like Ordinary People and you have Terms of Endearment and you have so much blandness, mm-hmm. like, true blandness. Even with Platoon in some ways. Yeah, even yeah. with Platoon, it's expected. It's like, it is what it is. This, you have to almost... There is a little bit of spice. You, you have to respect yeah. the fact that it won. Like, really. It's not, and it's not a poor movie. It's not hitting for us. But I... When I look at film history, mm-hmm. I'm happier that this one over Fatal Attraction. Oh, interesting. I thought you were like, you love Fatal Attraction. I do. I really yeah. like Fatal Attraction. <laughs> I don't see Fatal Attraction winning Best Picture either, though. That's the No, thing. and yeah. I get that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like You're happy this one over something like Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, even. Yeah. yeah. Because... Great. The full metal jackets of the world are always going to win. Yeah. The platoons of the world are always going to have... It is diversity in the academy. (laughs) Yeah. The white movie is always going to have a shot, but is the Chinese movie going to? Fair. Is it a strong movie, though? I think it's strong enough to win, Mita. Do you? I do. And I'm I'm saying that as someone who didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I struggled through that last... The last hour, I really, really struggled through it. I I'm, I didn't come into this conversation being like, it's amazing. I still think that, like, despite those pitfalls, I, I think it I think it warrants the reward. I don't... I can't see... I don't know anybody who would say, like, this is... Because I, I was looking online yeah. to see, like, other than critics, yeah. which I don't always trust, <laughs> I don't see people saying, like, this is, like, a very... This is a great film. And I think time has told us that because we don't know what this movie is. No, this time has not been fair fair to this this film and it has not been on the film side. I recognize that. I totally agree with that. I'm still holding, I'm still holding on to that. I think Gandhi makes sense. And like Gandhi has, and it's not just because it's Indian. Yes. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. But Gandhi makes sense because like if you say, if you told somebody I've seen Gandhi, people typically know what that movie is. But is that because of Gandhi? But why wouldn't... Um, but does he have the same... Does Puyi have the same historical significance that Gandhi did? He should, did? because that's a pretty remarkable thing to be a child emperor, to live your life through. But it's like being a child star, be, right? Yeah. Like He's the and... Shirley Temple. <laughs> no. But it's it's an interest. It's compelling. And like, nobody knows about it. It's the same thing in with Out of Africa. I didn't know about Karen. And Karen had a very interesting life. But people don't know about it. And I think if I said out of Africa today to some people, they wouldn't know what it is exactly. I think they'd know it over the last emperor. Yeah. Yes, they would. Yes. But um, it doesn't have like the longevity of, I think, Gandhi. Does. But I think that's because I don't think that has to do with the movie, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's because Gandhi is Gandhi. Like Gandhi as a figure. But I'm saying in a... terms of the movie. But I don't think you can remove the fact that Gandhi is Gandhi from the movie. Yeah. I don't think it's like saying, 
when Parasite wins, it's because Parasite won. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the movie. It's the screenplay. It's the directing. It's the act of the movie. Gandhi, you can't remove the fact, the fact that, that it's, it it's it's about this man from that movie. So yeah. yeah, people might know the movie, but do they know the movie because they know the man? Hmm. Fair. I don't know. This just does not stand up with me. I I think it like is masterful in terms of like the creative aspects of it of like making a movie. I yeah. I also think that like. The, the history of this is amazing. Yeah. Like the Chinese government gave them, like, unprecedented access yeah. to the Forbidden City, and, like, they were there for six months, and... That's rare. Yeah. And, and remarkable yeah. for this time, especially. But there's just... No, there's nothing there that I was like, yes, yeah. I, I want to watch this. I want to continue watching this. I had to, like, pause it and stop it, like, five times. Yeah, yeah. I definitely... It took me some time to finish this, and it was... This was... That first hour, I was in it. I was... I was... It's... I did this with another movie too where I stopped it at the wrong point. Like not knowing, obviously, but I stopped this right around Peter O'Toole and I was just like, all right, this will pick up again. And then it never did. It didn't. Yeah. No, it dropped. It dropped. Sorry, Peter. I know. Because that's the other thing about this is that Peter O'Toole does come in like a white savior. Mm-hmm. And that is annoying to watch. But it's also... Factually, factually true. Factually true. Yes. That is what probably occurred. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like that it happened. I don't like that it happened. I mean, but I can that, is, that it is that's part of history, though. That is that is part of the history. That's true. Yeah. So, do you have sequel prequel ideas then? No. No. <laughs> you don't I even want wa- more Baby Emperor. <laughs> like, do you not want another movie where it's more about that life? Yes. And I I want to see more. I want more Baby Emperor because I think that that was like it's very interesting to yeah. watch. Like it, yes, it's cute, but it's also the idea of that. Yeah. Imagine you are a child and you are the emperor yeah. of a country. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then also the imprisonment is interesting. I actually think like his life outside though. Like the I actually like the ending of this where he goes yes. back to the Forbidden yeah. City and he's like. That's where I was the yeah. emperor. Like this, I, think I love that ending. That yeah. that is really interesting to me. How do you wind up? You know, you're sixty something years old, yeah. and you've had this like very you've had Wild this life, ride this of crazy ride. Yeah. life, and now you're just you're nobody in a yeah. lot of ways. Like that's really compelling. Yeah. But it's the whole middle of like all the politics and the way China works that I just was like, uh no. <laughs> I just didn't care enough. Yeah. And I will even say that his wife's character, played by Joan Chen. She's not good, no. but that's an interesting character. Mm. She's an opium addict. She's there's they she's they've got this like weird third you know poly relationship going on with someone. And some of that I was just kind of like, how do you make this boring? Because it's real interesting. <laughs> like it's innately interesting Why stuff. Is this Why is this boring? And to me, it comes back to the performances, mm. which I say I think are, are an, uh, an issue with the language. Yeah, I it's think hard. there's something missing there. There's something off. But, and I don't know what, because Gandhi actually does maintain that emotional connection throughout with those characters. I would like to see this remade and in, in Chinese. Chinese language. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know any um, Chinese directors that, like, are prominent. But even, but... like, Ang Lee. Yeah. Like, oh, fine, he's the only one yeah. we know. But, like, Ang Lee could do this. Ang Lee could. I yeah. would totally watch this. Not Rob Marshall. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's Japan. That's Japan, yeah. That's Japan. <laughs> The theme's favorite movie is Memoirs of a Geisha. I'm not even pretending. <laughs> he it loves does, it. It does fit into the so bad it's good. Yeah. But I don't even think Memoirs is that bad. It's not good. <laughs> I've never seen but it's it. Not bad. Ah, Mita. Oh, 
I will when we get to that that time. That decade. I'll watch. Nathan's gonna watch Memories of Vacation. I'm so excited. <laughs> what if I hate it? And you know you won't. Okay. Because you you and Rob Marshall are boys. No, I Chicago is the pretty much the only Rob Marshall film that I'm like. Michael yes. loves nine. I don't like that. <laughs> I just like the Kate Hudson number. <laughs> what about Into the Woods? I don't like Into the Woods. No? Into the Woods is terrible. Oh, what about what's the other one? Oh, he did the Mary Poppins sequel with Emily, which you did. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. but it's like I don't love. Rob How does Marshall? he keep getting these big movies? Because he had Chicago. Well, I mean, that was a while ago. We're He's... going way off. <laughs> Give me Chicago. one. We don't have to talk about Chicago. We shouldn't talk about we're Chicago. We're not going to because we're going to come fall. Oh, he did The Little Mermaid just now, too. I haven't seen it yet. No, but I'm just saying. He's yeah. done. He gets big movies gets because big of movies. Chicago. Everyone go watch Members of Vagatia. And Chicago. Think, well, Chicago you can hold off on. <laughs> uh, but memoirs everyone should watch. Yeah. It's, it might be Rob Marshall's shining achievement. But yes, let's give this to Ang Lee. Let's give this to Ang Lee. Yeah. Or even like a... Maybe one more Chinese director. And John Chu. Who's <laughs> John Chu? John Chu of Crazy Rich Asians. A- Asian. I can't oh, no, I don't think Is he has Chu? the gravity to pull it off. Do we know? He's doing Wicked. Don't think he has the gravity to pull it off. You don't think off. he can do Wicked? I think he might be able to do Wicked. I don't know if he could do this. Okay. I think Ang Lee could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the, the, the thing that Bernardo does really well, and let's talk about that for a second, because he does do some things... Very well. The visual splendor in this is it's beautiful. It's spectacular. Mm-hmm. It really he manages some like real visual feats, some real creative feats. He does some some stuff in this that is remarkable. I, and I think that I truly believe that if the performances had been better, even that second half would be more interesting. interesting. And not even better in terms of I don't even think they're bad. I just think the language disconnect is like yeah. shining through in this for me. And the movie shines when no one is talking because it's so. It's like in Gandhi. It's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. And yeah. as a more silent film, I think I would have liked it. Mm-hmm. I also just want to talk about the weird breastfeeding scene. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. It was weird. It is weird, yeah. It, I don't like... I don't... And uh, the, like, even the child nudity, like, there is all... There is... There were... So, have you never seen anything by Bernardo Bertolucci? No. So, you've never seen The Last Tango in Paris? No. Okay, you should... So, he has this tendency of directing these, like, hypersexual films. Okay. Last Time in Paris is very, very erotic. And The Dreamers with, like, Eva Green and... I've heard of The Dreamers. Yeah, also very, very sexual. Yeah. So he brings out that in, like, weird ways here. And, like... Like he can't help himself? Kind of. <laughs> that's, a, that's concerning. Well, not, helps, not can't help himself, but I feel like that's... He find, found something. He found like, that... Here's where I put my Rest. mark yeah <laughs> that scene is weird yeah and i mean it's meant to be weird i get that but it's weird i just want to see what else he's done you should watch the last tango in paris because what's it about is the it last about tango in paris? paris nope not oh. at all it's about two people who have an affair in an abandoned apartment marlon brando oh. and uh maria Sch- schneider you must have heard recently the how she felt that she was sexually assaulted on the cell by Bernardo and Marlon because there's a very famous sex scene in it. Do you see his peen? Marlon's? Yeah. Possibly. Okay. I haven't seen this in a long time. What else? I just want to... Oh, Stealing Beauty with your girl, Liv Tyler. 
Why is Liv Tyler my girl? I don't know. But we share like the same do. birthday. Do but you? like I'm pretty sure we do. Let me double check that. <laughs> I did Last Tangle before this. Interesting. Liv Tyler. Yeah, we share the same birthday. Okay. But I've never once said to you I like Liv Tyler. I know. I just found that funny. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't actually directed much since this? The Dream the Yeah. The Dreamers was like the last big one. And then I think did he die? Oh, he did. That's why he didn't talk to He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. That would do it. Okay, Mita. Yeah. Your, my rating? Your rating okay. first. Here we go. Let go. This is an interesting film because I think I I get it and I respect it more as a film. Like I, I think it I think it's immaculately made. I think there's a lot I think it's actually very well directed. I do let I'm I'm going to be very firm about I think the direction is very impressive. He does a lot here. Some of the visuals are incredible. That coronation sequence is spectacular. Yeah. And the sequence, like when he comes out, you go into the courtyard and there's all those people and they're all prostrating. It's all very like, yeah. it's all very grand. It's all, it takes your breath away in many ways. I don't think we, I wanted to understand more about the eunuchs because I don't understand why they're there. Like, why are they eunuchs? Yeah. Like why? Like why? Like I didn't what? Understand that at all. What was that? And that's that's another weird sexual thing that he's kind of included in there. And I, I'm sure there were eunuchs as a part of it, but like why? What's like what was their purpose? Why were there eunuchs? Like what was that? Again, an interesting point that was just kind of left out. But all this to say, despite that, it's really visually fascinating. It's very beautifully done. It's very interesting. The score, obviously, the sets, the cinematography. I just think that. The actors who are your conduit to telling your story have to be in tune with their director. Mm -hmm. And this feels like there was a real disconnect somewhere. Something was off. And either he wasn't able to communicate with them or they weren't able to understand. And I think maybe the script was dubbed down so that they could properly understand it. Because even the dialogue, um, like things are just... Everything seems parred down in that department. And I think that does it a great disservice. Obviously, it was in English, because this is the 80s. And in the States, we didn't think people could read, apparently. So, or that people wouldn't like foreign films. That Like, whatever that was, that was. It's sad, but that was the case back then. This movie would now be made in Chinese, regardless. Yeah. And a Chinese person would, would direct it. There would be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I do think a remake of this would be interesting to watch. Yeah. With the right person, with the right people, I actually think it could be very interesting and probably probably better than this i get why it won best picture i do because it was the oscar movie of that year i'm happy that it won best picture because representation matters <laughs> and so does diversity it's re- it is re- it is really important like we make jokes about it but like this is a big deal in the academy's 90 year history you can count on one to two hands how many films about non-white people won and this is one of them so it deserves to be on that place in history, having that spot despite its pitfalls. Would I have liked it to be better? Yes, of course. I would have liked it to be better. I would have. I wanted to like it more. I'm unable to. But all of those reasons, I am going with three. Okay. Yeah. You. I agree with you in that I understand why it won Best Picture when we look at those nominees. I also just want to say, I effin love Fatal Attraction. I need you listeners to understand that. The name really does love Fatal Attraction. I use my most used... That's where we first bonded when we 
Do you not remember once at work I said to you I won't be ignored? And then you And said, I thought I was like, What? You yeah, yeah. It's cause it's my most used gif. Yeah. Is Glenn Close <laughs> saying, I won't be ignored, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Continue, please. How dare you forget that? I know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go and need to take a moment. Yeah. Um I get why when when you look at that list, yeah. I think we could dig in. We didn't, but we could dig into eighty seven a bit more and probably find some better contenders yep. for that year. So if it's on the list, okay, fine. Go ahead, take the win. Yeah, proud of you. You're re- there is some representation here. Yeah, there is some diversity here, especially for this specific decade. Yeah, but I don't think I think the language issues in this film really make it suffer. I think it's really important, like you said, your actors are your conduit of your screenplay of mm-hmm. what you're trying to sell us. That really needs to work, especially with this type of a movie, mm-hmm. when you're selling somebody's life. Yeah. If the person's life isn't coming off on screen the right way, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so while like visually it is stunning and it's quite a marvel to watch to see China in this way because I don't think we probably had before and they were given so many permissions to film there which is rare in itself Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to watch and I think that that's great but there's nothing there's no meat to it that I'm like this is also such a compelling story for me to continue on with and I think remaking it would be the best thing for it because it you could do that today. And I yeah. think audiences would still be receptive enough to it to actually mm-hmm. be able to enjoy it as well. I haven't seen any other Bernardo Bertolucci movies, so I don't know what his gist yeah, yeah. is. I can see with the breastfeeding. <laughs> too, that's just, which like in another picture, maybe I'm interested in that. I don't know why it's in here. It doesn't make sense to me in terms of like what this whole story is. And so. But there, his wet nurse, you didn't get that? Like it was a weird scene. It was weird. Scene. It's a weird scene. Like doesn't need to be there. It's a weird scene. It's weird. So we could edit some things here. I think there's definitely some things that could have been done. And while like I am so happy that there is representation and there is diversity, I think shouldn't we have the best of the best still? But it's, it's the idea of like I'm so happy that not to not to one best song. Yeah. Is it the best rep like song? That Bollywood has to offer. That India has to that offer. That India has to offer. Sorry. That India cinema has yeah. to offer. No. I'm happy it won because, like, it's it's a jam yeah. and it's fun. And, like, I'm happy. But is it really the best yeah. representation? I think that's really important, too. Yeah. And so I am leaning towards two and a half. Because okay. visually, I do think it's really beautiful. I think the concept is really interesting. Like, that is an interesting life. Mm-hmm. It's just not... Put together in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was The Last Emperor. We. Oui. Uh, an interesting choice. And an interesting choice moving into next week's movie, too. Well, a choice that we didn't get to make. I'm just going to put that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You say choice. I was like, but we didn't choose it. <laughs> no, I know. But an interesting choice for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was given to us. Yeah. That was chosen for us. For us. <laughs> yeah. Is The Last Emperor. Yeah. We have a new movie next week. Yeah. But this week. We're going to do a game. We are. The last week you had me connect mm-hmm. The Sky's Pink. Yes. With an actual little movie called Room. Yeah. We're going to play the game. Yeah. And I think you could do it because you're good at this stuff. Okay. But you're going to connect Room. Yeah. To Dunkirk. Okay. I think you can do this. I have complete faith in you. And that faith is starting with a timer now. Okay. 
Del Park. I'm trying to think if I can go from that. Okay, yeah. Brie Larson is in Room, who is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Who is in um, Black Widow with Florence Pugh, who is in Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles, who's in Dunkirk. Okay. Um, <laughs> you hate the Marvel I hate the Marvel Universe because it's so big. Yeah. Well, what were you thinking? No, that was it. Okay. It was Florence, but Florence Pugh is also an Oppenheimer directed by Christopher Nolan. Oh. Like that that was deep. Gotcha. That, that works too. Yeah. Ugh. But I get to connect Dunkirk to something next week. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. Next week when we watch Rain Man. Yeah. A movie. I have only seen the casino scene up. Okay. I've never seen the Never seen Rain Man. Okay. Are you excited? Yeah. I, you know what? I said it. I, I, I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I'm just going to put it up. You're a Stan. A Tom Stan. For for the films, for the movies, I stand by Tom. Yeah. For the religion? (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. Yeah. I can't, I can't harsh you on that as a fan of Roman Polanski. Exactly. So like... Great. If that's I how know, you feel, like, you you do your girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but that Rain Man is next week. Yeah. Do you have parting words? I do. My son is your son. Sure. Yeah. My son is your son. Your son. That feels like son. an example of a line that was like supposed to be something else. Really substantial, yeah, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Rain Man. Yep. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.